people of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. The brothers are back with you for another edition of the podcast. And thank you all again for your time and your comments. And thanks for continuing to spread the word about the show and keeping the emphasis on Black economic empowerment. The pandemic rages on in our communities, and we must do our part to stem the tide both health and business-wise. This is no time to shrink from our duties to focus on our health and to support our Black businesses. Do your homework about the vaccinations and keep in mind that we are the most infected and the most deaths due to COVID-19 and also the least vaccinated group, which is not a good thing. And if we don't make up our minds to save our black businesses, we can't claim to truly be pro-black. And if we keep giving the majority of our dollars to people who don't look like us, you can't claim to be pro-black. And if you don't encourage your brothers and sisters and especially our young brothers and sisters to start businesses with our support in the form of our dollars, then you simply cannot claim to be pro-black. Let's do this, people. Let's buy black. And now to my forever brothers in the ongoing struggle, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. I hope you're continuing to be safe and cautious out here. I want you to take every opportunity you, you have to go get that shot now that we've seen that there aren't any real adverse effects to taking the shot. So we need to go out there and try to get the shot. I also want you to, to, to uh, continue to support black businesses and, and also support each other, lift each other up. And remember, don't block your, your blessing. On the political side, I just want to tell our family out there to watch our president. He is doing absolutely nothing for our people. He is putting the same people in place who have dis disenfranchised our communities. And we are not holding him accountable at all. As a matter of fact, it's really quiet out there from our community and our so-called leaders. We need to put the pressure on them and let them know the midterms are going to be here before they know it. And we will hold them accountable. This week, let's address a topic that was very well illustrated by a viral clip of Van Jones on the TV show The View. And it really strikes at the core of why we do this forum. For those of you who may have missed it, Jones, whose on-air antics on CNN consist of being one of the most loathsome human beings on the planet who's constantly crying, literally and basically doing the Rodney King, why can't we all just get along, where he had no spine when he was dumped by the Obama administration and when he initially said 45 was becoming presidential and the uniter in chief about his so-called criminal justice reform, then the same 45 who turned around and used him as a tool to say that Jones was so grateful to him for what Obama couldn't accomplish. Well, this same town crier went on The View to talk about some documentary project that he did partnering with, uh, wait for it, 
Megan McCain, and our newly recognized champions for the cause, Sonny Hostin and Anna Navarro, came for him, calling him out. And I quote, Sonny Hostin said, but there are those who accuse you of being a political opportunist, a chameleon, so to speak, who provided racial cover for former disgraced, twice impeached President Trump. She then pointed out one of Jones' past comments praising the former president. And she said, I quote Donald Trump, and I get beat up by liberals every time I say this, but I'm going to keep saying it. He has done good stuff for the black community, opportunity zone stuff, black college stuff. There's a side to Donald Trump that I don't think he gets enough credit for. She said, recently you cried on CNN when Joe Biden was elected the 46th president because you said it's easier to be a parent now and that character matters now. Truth matters. So you even mentioned George Floyd and said a lot of people felt like they couldn't breathe. People in the black community don't trust you anymore. And then uh, Anna Navarro jumped in and said, Sonny's right. You lost a lot of people who trusted you and who saw you as a voice because of the positions you took during Trump. I think there are those people who wonder, and I'm one of them, how did that happen? Navarro asked. How did you go from being this very principled critic of the Trump administration as I was to all of a sudden being in the White House celebrating with them? So these are the kind of folks that they continue to put out there. And they are just the reason for us continuing to do the podcast is that there are too many people like Jones who get way too much media time as if they represent the majority liberal black male perspective. And they do not. And they seldom if ever get called out like this. So let's talk about those black skin folks and why they ain't kin folk, because they literally have no credibility in our community. You know, I've always had a problem with Van Jones and, and the fact that CNN is just basically forcing him down people's throat. I mean, he's had, what, like two or three failed shows on CNN, and they are trying to, for some reason, make him a representative for black folks. And black folks know who he is. They can see through him. And people like him in, in the Trump administration, there have been a lot during the Trump administration. There have been a lot of pictures circulated where circulating where he's been on CNN criticizing the Trump administration about something. And there are pictures circulating where he was out partying with Don Jr. and Eric Trump, Eric Trump, you know, those kind of things. So people like that, you can't trust them. But he, to me, represent a long line of black folks who they try to basically not earn the right to represent people, but mainstream is trying to pick a leader for black folks. That seemed to be what's happening here. And, and uh, with Van Jones, people have soundly rejected him. But yet, every time I turn around, he's on CNN. They're getting his opinion about something with that to represent regular black folks. And he doesn't rep represent regular black folks. You know, he doesn't really have to represent black people because in the realm of white America, if a black person says it, then white people can reference that. That's really what they use these black faces for, especially someone like him who can go dance and sing with Trump and literally give Trump credibility amongst his white followers because they now have someone speaking black on his behalf. That's what he's being used for. And he's shifting, grinning, and just dancing to their tune, thinking he's going to come and have any credibility in our community, which he doesn't. And I don't think he really had any, even when he was with Obama. But, but that's just my opinion. 
you know, and um, we do have a misleadership class that is given a, a grand opportunity to speak to millions of people while the voices of black people aren't really heard in this country. And, you know, they like to couch themselves in this notion of, well, we have to try to work together with other groups and we can't just focus on one side. You know, I even heard Roland Martin, who, you know, normally I agree with Roland Martin on a whole lot of things, but he was out there supporting that Kamala Harris statement where she said that she wouldn't support anything that was trying to just benefit only black folks. And he was trying to say, well, because she can't do that and because it's never been done. And so I actually tweeted back at him saying like, you know, well, that's not what happened with the Japanese. That's not what happened with the uh, the immigrant class. And so, you know, because he was trying to say, well, the LGBTQ people, they're not just one ethnic group. They're black ethnic uh, LGBTQ people and 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 brown LGBTQ people. But like I say, his premise was false. There have been plenty of legislations that have just focused on one ethnic group. But the problem I get with those folks who want to try to get this sort of big tent uh, mentality, and we should absolutely want other people to be in the fight for justice and equality, but we shouldn't have to compromise our principle. You know, it absolutely galls me when sometimes these folks like to go out and throw around MLK's name as though he wasn't the real radical that he was. You know, he was the Black Lives Matter of his day. And he didn't bend over backwards trying to get JFK or LBJ or anybody else to come over to his side, to our side. He said, look, what we're fighting for benefits you, too. And if you want to come on board, come on. But these folks have tried to reinvent him as the go along to get along Negro, because the most they really know about him is a single line from the I have a dream speech. And they really don't understand that he wasn't there really cutting deals. That's why you only had like 14 percent of even the black church that supported MLK back in the day. Yeah. You know, one of the things that 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 also kind of burns me up is that people who lean and, and really when we're talking about people like that, like like the Van Jones and, and and folks who were backstabbing and undercutting King, they're really conservative in there. You know, they're just like they say, they're Republicans and Democrats skin. So most of these people are, are really Republican leaning. And what, what, what galls me is when they say, well, hey, what has the Democrats done for you? You know, they haven't done anything for you for 25 years or 30 years or whatever. What, what have the Democrats done for you? Well, my, my answer to that is what have the Republicans done for us? Democrats haven't done anything for you, but we know you're supporting a group of people who you know they're structurally, their organization, they're racist. And, and how can you stand back like a Tim Scott? How can you stand back and vote to not convict Donald Trump in this impeachment trial? When all he's done for four years was basically attack black people, and they say black and brown, but I'm going to say black people, that's really what kind of solidified his base. It was all about racism. And the fact that he was saying stuff that they were thinking and constantly attacking black people, constantly when he went after the vote, like we talked earlier, uh, Rod, he was talking about urban areas. He was talking about areas that were predominantly black where the vote was, there was some cheating going on. Not one word from a person like Tim Scott, not one word from these so-called Republicans. What they're saying is it's okay. We're just going to uh, just ignore all the racism that they're throwing right here in your face. And we'll turn around and say, well, 
What have the Democrats done for you lately in the past 30 years? Well, I, I could see if we were voting Republican, but we were, we're voting for Democrats. And again, they haven't done anything for us. Not only have they done anything for us, but they have put out legislation that has hurt our community. And we still haven't called them on that. There's racism on both sides. It's literally how much can you live with? That's the question. We've been living with too much, especially giving our votes to the Democrats. My point here is we literally have to leave that party until they respect our vote. Because giving it to them, I mean, literally, we, we're getting nothing right now. We're just getting the comfort of not having Trump in office. That's not enough. Yeah, we definitely have to work on making sure that we hold their feet to the fire because <laughs> the problem is that we can't necessarily just leave them without having somewhere to go. And so until we form something else that allows us to leverage the voting power that we have, our best option is what you said earlier, Norm, is we got to make sure that we get in there and leverage our strength and be on the front lines instead of these same kind of people like Van Jones and Bakari Sellers. It's like, seems like a, a characteristic, common characteristic for them is that they like to cry on TV as though that somehow, I guess that's the other side of the angry black person is the crying Negro that they can have on board. So we need to have a way that we can consistently hold that position that says that we're not going to sit and wait while everybody else gets what they want. When everything else is going on, we know that they're constantly having conversations and deals being cut. And the only group that you don't hear out there really demanding what we are owed for this last election is us. And so we have to do a better job than that, but it has to start by making sure that our voices are heard and it's never going to be heard as long as you have those kinds of black faces out there who are non-threatening and basically non-confrontational who are more willing to cry than express anger. Yeah, see, uh, you know, I'm going to have to disagree with what Norm said about, you know, the Democrats. Well, to an extent, because we normally, we just haven't asked for anything. This is the first time, to me, to my knowledge, that that black folks are actually black people are actually openly saying we want something. And the difference between voting for a Democrat and voting for a Republican is the lesser of two evils. You see what Republicans do when they get in power. When they get in power, the first thing they do, they start cutting safety nets that support a lot of black people. They start cutting unemployment insurance. They want to cut Medicaid, Medicare. They want to cut all of the social safety nets that black folks depend on. They cut food stamps. They cut all those programs. Democrats put more money into those programs. They try to beef up those programs. So you're voting for the lesser two evils. That's what I think people are doing. And they understand that because they see the record of the Republicans when they're in power, what they do. Well, I hate to correct you, but uh, Bill Clinton basically redid welfare and literally created a whole new generation of people in poverty. That's true. The president, the president right now, the president right now, Biden, has long been for cutting Medicare, has long been for that. So the Democrats, you know, they're on both sides of, of the issue. Let's not just say that they're all for that. 
That's not true. Even Obama cut food stamps by like $8 million. So let's be factual here. We have no friends in Washington. And what I really wanted to talk about is where's the CBC? I mean, you literally have not heard a peep out of the Black Caucus. Nothing. And the last thing I heard from Jim Clyburn, he's worried about an anthem. We got to do better. That's a good point, but Ron, I got I got you know, what Noam just said about being factual, you know, you're right in, in a lot of that, what you're saying, but they do not cut programs the way that Republican pro- tro- cut programs. What Obama did when, when he started talking about cutting food stamp programs and some programs, he could, that was they was getting at the fraud, waste, and abuse because there's so much fraud, waste, and abuse in those programs. That's what they was doing. And you're right about Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, what he did was he, cre- I'm not a Bill Clinton fan. I'm talking about the Democrats overall in terms of what they do as, as opposed to what Republicans do. And Republicans, every single time they get in power, they cut those programs every time. I, I don't want to really get into a discussion regarding just that, but there's fraud, race, and abuse in everything. No, this is what we're about is having these kind of conversations, because what this illustrates is what why we are so anti people like Van Jones and Bakari Sellers, because they make it appear as though we can only have one train of thought. And we are here to say, like, no, we are not a monolith. We all want what's better for us, but we're not willing to sacrifice our principles. There's nothing wrong with us looking at it from all sides and then coming to our form our own opinions, but when they start trying to give us our opinions, whether it be the Congressional Black Caucus or Van Jones or or any of the others that they throw at us, that's what we are rejecting. And that's what we'll continue to be about is like, no, there's no reason. We don't all three hold the same opinions about everything out there, and, and we shouldn't because we right. look at this, what we are united around, though, is that we want the best for our people. And that's why I brought that up about the Republicans, because you got black Republicans in that party that give them credibility. And so you got people in there like a Tim Scott. I hate to keep beating on Tim, Tim Scott when he know that the programs that are being cut are hurting poor black people in South Carolina, poor black people in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, those places. He knows that. But yet he support those. And, you know without any objection. But these are the people who are supposed to be our leaders. Like you said, the Van Jones of the world. You know, you want to, Van tried to play both sides. You know, I wish, I wish they would have asked Sonny, would have asked him more questions in terms of all that Trump has done for black folks. Like what? You know, he mentioned that HBCU, all presidents give money to the HBCU. That's a law. That's nothing that Trump recreated. That's a law. Uh, he also mentioned the enterprise zones, and I actually, which are really just a tax write-off for the wealthy. But I, I wonder, like you said, she should have asked him, how has that empowered black people in those communities? Exactly. How many black folks have taken advantage or even know about, how many How many black people even know about those and what they are? How many black, some, you know, he, she, she should have asked him, has anybody done an analysis on, on who's actually benefited from those empowerment zones. And it's like, no, I'm saying it's going to be a tax write-off for, for rich people. Right. It's the enterprise zones out there. Enterprise zone. There you go. Enterprise zone. Yeah. So that's why we are here, though, to continue to hold the fort on 
having honest discussion and not allowing white America to tell us who and what to follow and think. So that's it for another edition. And now, Norm, you have our positive black experience of the week. Yes, thank you, Rod. I was actually fortunate today to go to my local laundromat and find out that it had been purchased by this African-American gentleman by the name of Roy. And it's right here in Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, 1351 Queen Anne Road. And uh, the name of it is Splash Laundromat. And, uh, you know, I welcomed to the community and I wished him luck. And um, he was telling me about his business. He has several trucks. They do pickup delivery and uh, business is booming. He's hiring. He asked me to just spread the word. Anyone who needs a, a little part time money here or there, he's he's looking for good people, you know, and it was just a pleasure to meet him. And while I was discussing this with him. I told him, you know, we do some things on Facebook, on social media to promote businesses. So at the same time, I promoted them on several of our sites. And um, so please, you know, um, there's the Black Business New Jersey site and there's Black Economic site and Black Dollars Matter. And um, you can look for the business there. And um, I'm sure he'll welcome you if you come in and say hello. Really would appreciate it. Um, that's about it. Remember to follow us at The Brothers Talk on Twitter. The Brothers Talk on Instagram and the Facebook group with the same name. And always, if you want to go long form, it's the Brothers Talk at gmail.com. So until the next time, much love and our continued gratitude for your time. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.